Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 107 of Middle of the Road, the podcast. We are diving back into the superhero genre as we do around here for a non-superhero film that is still technically connected to them, and that is DC Films' Joker. This film was directed by Todd Phillips of Old School Hangover fame. And stars Joaquin Phoenix with a bun- a few other really good actors and very minor roles that have little to no effect on the consequences of this movie. This movie is 99% Joaquin Phoenix turning into the Joker, an origin story of sorts for him. It is still... Con- there, I mean, there are Waynes in this. There's an Arkham Asylum. Is it Hospital or Asylum? It's asylum. a hospital, correct? It's it is a, it depends, but in the I but in the movie I think in the movie it's, it's a, a hospital. It's a, right? it's a yeah, it's a psychiatric ward, but it's okay. It's yeah. like in the comics they just call it Arkham Asylum. Yeah, there are references to the greater Batman lore in this film, including Bruce Wayne's father Thomas Wayne being a somewhat important character in the film. But, as important as characters get, other than Joker in this movie. Yes, but yeah, I wrote a review up for the site. I was. A very, a very high praise for this movie. I thought it looked beautiful. I loved, uh, loved as in, it w- I was very affected by the score. I thought it was great. Walking Phoenix is mesmerizing. I'm not as high. I mean, I think Walking Phoenix is great in everything. I'm not as high on him in this as Ben is, but that's because you I also a, think or a better score than he did on Joaquin Phoenix, not the movie. <laughs> okay. No, but, well, Ben will talk about it. I, I've I've talked to Ben about his feelings about why we've discussed where we rank this Joaquin performance, and we can ask everybody that question later. But yeah, I definitely say go see it. But if you, I I, I think my wife might have put it best for. Uh, I'm not. I, this isn't my opinion, but. She was like, it was really well done. Joaquin Phoenix was really good. If you steal what I'm going to say, then I'm going to be super pissed at you. (laughs) (laughs) We could always cut it out. She had no fun watching the movie and would never want to watch it again. Word for word, what I was going to say pretty much. (laughs) It's like, I can recognize that this was a great character study and Joaquin Phoenix did Uh an amazing job. I now hate laughter. But I, it's like, it's a... A good movie that I hope to never see again. Okay. John? What did I tweet out after this? And Lauren, I think you like liked it. As I did after you, like, I got out of the movie. <laughs> the film. Like, I just, like, I, there are so many, like, positives and potential negatives of this film. But I think the biggest positive was, like, the impact that, like, the deep impact that it left on me mentally and emotionally. Like, this, this movie will, like, leave an imprint on you. And I think... For an artist, that's, like, all they could ask for. It is not, like, necessarily, like, in a shock value sense, which is what I appreciated. Because there are times when, like, 
some pieces were coming out where it was just like, ooh, I wonder if this is just going to get dark for the sake of getting dark or like it's if it's just going to feel cheaper. I don't know. My biggest contemplations over it, though, was like whether or not this will be a depiction of the Joker that like that remains because we've had so many depictions of the Joker in the most recent past, especially with the reemergence of the superhero genre. And I feel like for us, like, yeah, I'm sure people of our generation remember Jack Nicholson. I, I can't imagine any of us having any sort of tie to uh, Cesar Romero. I guess I his... watched that show all the time when I was a kid growing up. Did you really? Okay. Well, okay. So props to Zach. I mean, he is like a decade older than us. No. <laughs> He's not a decade. Five I know. I'm, be, I'm exaggerating. Five I mean, years I, older. I like for and maybe I'm speaking for us, but like the epitome of Joker depiction, I think, is Mark Hamill in the Batman animated series. Oh. Mm-hmm. Left turn. Was that in a green? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. I don't see how the answer is not Heath Ledger here, but carry on. Well, so here, so here's the thing. I like, like Joker I think... in the Arkham series of video games. <laughs> Same, which is which well, is Mark same, Hamill, but different, right? Yeah. But you were talking about you just talked about an animated series. He did it in that too. Well, I'm just saying they're two different depictions. It's yeah. Yes. I mean, I I argue like argue. Did I you play know. all the games, John? I watched them all on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, the although, best way to experience. I'm just a saying game. they came from the minds of different people who wrote them. Therefore, they're different. But they. But they leaned heavily on his characterization to like bring like they had all of the original voice actors essentially from that except for maybe Commissioner Gordon. It was still Kevin whatever his name was for Batman. Yeah, but those are voice actors. They didn't write the characters. But I think I think what John's getting at is that like the the they Arkham wrote with them in mind. The Arkham Joker sure. is basically the the animated it, series Joker, but you know. He's not held down by, like, a, a TV show that has to be okay for kids to watch. So it's just a... So therefore, they're different. It's an evolution. Yeah, it's a more mature maybe, version of a similar... Or maybe an un- similar, unleashing uh, of what, like, the true nature of the character that we got a sense of in the animated show, but we never could fully Fine, see. fine, guys. I'm a Hot Topic Joker person. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, okay, so here's the thing. So so we had Mark Hamill, who was just such a, like, again, like, sta- like, and what's funny is he came out after Jack Nicholson. I think he overshadowed Jack Nicholson's performance. And then you had Heath Ledger, which also, like, and I think what was cool about that Joker was it was a more of a take on the philosophy and, like, the ethos behind the Joker, which was really interesting. And we really got a sense of, like, what was this tension and this, like, this moral tension between the Joker and the Batman. Yeah. And then we had, and then we had Jared Leto and everyone like vomited. <laughs> He's good. He him. was fine. I liked him. <laughs> and he was like, the he, best. He, so I think, I think while it might've been a fine performance, it did not have the same impact that say, yeah. Cause it was in a movie called suicide spot. <laughs> no, for sure. And then up to now this point, Joaquin Phoenix, I don't think, I think he captured a lot of the cool elements of Mark Hamill's Joker, which I appreciated. Oh, cool. Kind of his... That is something to talk about. Cool. The word cool. I think that well, the fact that he is not cool in any way, shape, or form. No, not 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 cool. Like, well, sorry. Uh, cool. Yeah, cool is a completely bad um, adjective. He he captured a lot of 
very unique elements of Mark Hamill's depiction, like the giddiness and almost like the the We're femininity. Joaquin and Hamill, correct? Yeah. Okay. And almost like the femininity and the like the exuberance of their jokers. The nonchalance of the character as well. Yeah, a, a, a little bit. The And I'm sorry because I've been ranting on forever for a long time. But I think the place where this movie failed me in in some degree because it's so different from the depictions of the Joker that we've had is this idea that... Well, except for the killing joke, which is maybe like the epitome of all depictions. Um, no. But the idea that the Joker is actually like this tragic like sob story maybe of this guy who's like, you have one bad day... And then everything goes like there's no di- what's what's the quote in the killing joke? There's no difference between me and anyone else. There's like the all thing it takes is one bad day. One bad day. Yeah. This is a bad life, though. Sanity and madness. I think the thing I, the thing that loses me is the the idea, the depiction of the Joker in this movie as almost like a a revolutionary and kind of like. A, a hero for the marginalized and the oppressed. And I think that has a lot of topical connections that we can talk about in like our modern day society. But I think in terms of like who the Joker actually is, I think that's what makes him the most tragic is that he's marginalized, he's oppressed, but no one gives a shit. Like he's the lowest of the low. No one really cares. And I think that makes him even more malicious and like even more... What's the word I'm looking? It's just evil. No idea. <laughs> so, like a lot of the kind of cultural or societal kind of support that he was like drumming up, not intentionally by any means. Just it seemed, it seemed weird. I don't know. I would. I I did not find him heroic at all. Oh no, a hundred. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I don't think the movie thinks he's heroic. I think there's people in the film that find him heroic. Well, I think, not, and this is the part. I, like, we'll I just want to say, this. there's there's something about you're talking about the ending. Like, I and you, you're saying it feels weird. There might be a reason for that, and that's something I would like to delve into when we get into our spoilers. Sorry, but keep going, keep going. Well, can can I just say one thing, yes. Zach? And then, yeah, I, this is what we're going to talk about when we talk about Fight Club eventually, like next month. Is the idea of like what is a movie actually? think about the characters it's portraying versus what is maybe coming across in their actual depiction and so yeah you, like a hundred percent this movie probably like doesn't find arthur fleck or jack or uh tyler durden as heroic characters actually They're but it's this idea shirtless <laughs> but it's this idea that like their depiction of all this like groundswell that they give to it is very can be very easily misunderstood and i think i would say i i hear what you're saying but i don't i have a hard time buying into that after watching the movie i think tyler durden is definitely someone who's a lot easier to misinterpret but i don't know how anybody misinterprets this movie we can talk about that in spoilers and another wrinkle to that is i could see how someone could misinterpret heath ledger's joker I think Heath Ledger's Joker is much more misinterpretable than as Tyler Durden than Joaquin Phoenix's is here. Yeah, and and even Leto's Joker, like his relationship with Harley Quinn, people are like, "Oh, I want to be, I want to be in a relationship like that." It's like, no, you don't. 
You really don't. I'm fortunate oh. enough that I don't know anyone who said that. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, no, but uh. there were like a bunch of like tweets and things like. I mean, not. Yeah, from... like teens who saw the costumes. Yeah, and... <laughs> exactly. But it's inspiring. Like it's the it's to the to younger audiences who saw it. They they romanticized this really terrible relationship and i think that i think this movie does a a much better job of not trying to romanticize or build up these characters that are you know not the good guys sorry ben i have to interject real quick to zach's statement heath ledger was literally alone in that movie there was no one who was really on his side everyone that he teamed up with was really just a pawn like he was really he was not a critic against the system quote unquote or like the cops or the wealthy he was a critic of everyone he said no all of society is like you're not wrong we're talking about two different things though i'm talking about cinematically tyler durden and heath ledger joker are kind of cool and kind of fun to watch and i I don't think no fair enough this movie is in any way have that no No, i'm not making an argument from a political angle of what they're talking about I'm just saying, cinematically, they're appealing characters to watch and root for, where I don't think Arthur Fleck is at all. Ben, quick thoughts on the movie, and then let's go to spoilers. I think you kind of got it apart. The ending is your weak spot. For me? Yes. Yes and no. I oh, Like, if this, if this movie had a lesser actor in the role, I could have seen this movie being like three stars, two and a half stars out of five. Can you explain that a little bit more? I think there's a lot of kind of cliche stuff that we've seen before. I think it's done very well, but none of it feels... Clichéd in this genre or... Not in this genre, but it's like there's not a lot in this movie that I I just haven't seen somewhere else, you know? I think most of the... Like everyone else except Joker, it just feels... It almost feels unnecessary, which they shouldn't, but they, they feel like they're just insanely unimportant which i think that is a big part of who arthur fleck is. i think that is possibly a reflection of his psyche though so but my like my impression of this performance which just i've been racking my brain trying to think of a better performance i've seen in the past 10 years and i the I dog mean, and aquaman well other obviously <laughs> obviously but um <laughs> I mean, I was thinking maybe Frances McDormand in Three Billboards, but she had like a fantastic movie backing her. Heath Ledger. Questionable. I'm I'm keep saying Heath Ledger. Um, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, Walking Phoenix made this movie a movie that was just kind of eh to mediocre into something I thought was great. Like that's how wonderful his performance was. It's tragic. It's depressing as hell, but it is a phenomenal performance. So I gave it four out of five. It'll be interesting if that holds up for you on a second viewing. I'm once curious, the, yeah. Once the high of his performance, I mean, it goes might away. be it might be even better because now I'm just going to ignore everything except him. Like <laughs> just mm. hyper focus on him, you know. I think Which that's I what I think Todd could Phillips be unfair to what to the movie because mm. there's a, like not to say that the movies is grand thing or anything or original necessarily, but there mm-hmm. are some interesting things that are done that like i don't well i don't know now that i think about it maybe it could just be performance based it'd be interesting to know what things were intentional what things were just coming from walking phoenix and, and i don't know and i i will say there were some good choices made throughout the movie that were i thought were pretty interesting 
But nothing was like, whoa, amazing, except for... The giant rats. Yes. I loved how uh, they snuck them in the background all the time. Yeah, they did. I only saw one, though, but it's like... I, I think I saw two or three. I saw I, one, I and I was like, I bet they're like the ghosts in Haunting of Hill House. If you go back, you find them <laughs> everywhere. Ben, you're saying something. I really enjoyed this movie. I think as of right now, it's sitting right outside of my top ten. It might move up further. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I agree with that. I say, other than Joaquin Phoenix, the only thing that really affected me with this movie was the score. It's like the music's the score, phenomenal. Yeah. The score was great, yeah. It made me feel like by the end of the movie, someone in a bear suit was going to get burned alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish that had happened. <laughs> I mean, it might have happened in the stuff. If we if we only get one of those every year from now on, I'm going to be disappointed. We need we need at least <laughs> two two people in bear suits burning alive minimum. <laughs> Scott C, who did the great does the great showdowns. Have you seen those? He does those drawings. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I've sent one before you. He, he did that one. It's it's her in the flower dress and him in the bear suit. Do we know who did the music for this movie? I don't off the top uh, of my Joe head. Bear but score. I don't think it was someone big. Hildor, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that name. It's like Guanadoder with a bunch of like accents <laughs> and other symbols over it. So yeah, I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. She's Icelandic, apparently. It's cold up there. She uh, but it was great. She oh. has, she's oh, done the female. score for Garth uh-huh. Davis's Mary Magdalene, which also has Joaquin Phoenix, and then Sicario: Day of the Salado. I wanted to see Mary Magdalene, but it never really. It came out and then didn't. Is it available anywhere? Too many white Jesuses. She also did the score for Chernobyl, which I hear is incredible. Is excellent. I still haven't um, been able to bring myself to watch it due to the one episode. Um, one thing I one thing I do also <laughs> want to mention is that like that's the other thing like we've all mentioned that like this movie like the centerpiece is because it's a character study film is the main actor the lead actor which is Joaquin Phoenix who absolutely knocks it out of the park but there are a bunch of also like really good elements of this like the cinematography is great the score is awesome like there are some literally the first two things I mentioned when I started this podcast. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't... Well, in all fairness, that was, like, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> this is true. But, like, it's it's hard because, like, yeah, this movie, like, is such a such a movie that rests on the laurels of... Or it's going gonna, it's gonna to be known because of its main character. And if Joaquin doesn't get an Oscar nod for this, then it's kind of ridiculous. But there's actually some other, like, really good aspects of this film. Like like cinematically that i would hope like all the things that we're gonna probably nitpick at shouldn't shouldn't hold it people back from like thinking it's not a good movie sassy beats character that's another thing i'd throw at this movie as being something that unexpectedly surprised me in a good way yeah with how okay. it's it turns yeah yep very but much so. does it because does it the, the, uh, do, we have to discuss that in spoilers. Well, no i'll say it didn't surprise me when it i will say vaguely that the reveal i was not shocked but i didn't have no, that much I faith agree. in the movie makers to actually do that and not just have a weak female character i like the choice i like how it made up for the weakness of the character yeah i exactly. I, I just the ultimate fate of that character i'm not sure did about. it make up I, for the weakness or was oh, it planned the, you know the, i would love to discuss the fate it was part of, of that the character because i had i would rather no not idea. because children <laughs> uh yes that is fucked up 
All right, should we get okay. into spoilers before? Because it seems ben, like we really ben, want ben to. Ben keeps stealing my spoilers job. I think we all say see it, but don't expect a grand old see time it, at the movies. But it might make you un- very, very uncomfortable. Not might, it will <laughs> make you very, very uncomfortable. It's right behind Midsommar as the feel good movie of the year. No, yeah, but this one is actually in a positive <laughs> ranking for me. Whereas Hold that on, one. Let's, cl- let's clarify all of these comments. Midsummer isn't the feel-good movie of the year. It's the date movie of the year. <laughs> it Chapter 2 is the feel-good movie of the year. Yeah, I still don't get that one. Just like Lauren said in the podcast. Um, spoilers I to it today. for Joker. Listen, it was all about friendship and like... Oh, you guys are crazy. So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. So do we do we think he killed Zazie Beats? Oh, for sure. I didn't even uh, think about that until like well so after the movie. I thought maybe oh, he I did, thought when he then, left and they didn't show it, I for sure assumed it happened. So so I thought for a second maybe he did, but didn't the cops already suspected him for killing the the three Wayne workers. Yes. So I feel like if there was a murder in, in an apartment right next door. There was a they, murder in his apartment. He does not care. <laughs> no, but that was that was after this. But it was one of these it wasn't like that far after. Yeah, but it was like I feel like the cops, if they had heard there was a murder right there, like his door would have been the first one they check after. You know. Yeah, I think it is a day or so. But I guess they, it's not necessarily they would have found her. Yeah, if she and was it could also either, be though, like so. nobody called the cops because, you know, mm-hmm. Gotham City is an awful place full of awful people. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he shot a gun in his apartment, and as far as we know, no cops were called. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For how explicit the movie is in showing things, I, I would think they would imply that he killed her. I mean, him leaving, the fact that they cut implied to me that he killed her. But I think Arthur's path is one of vent revenge. And he has nothing, he's not mad at her. He well, just he ends could up, be, maybe he, he sees, he could see it as a betrayal even though yeah. it's not really real, you know? I, mean, I don't know, his, 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 his sense of betrayal seems shattered. pretty concrete. We don't yes, necessarily need to true. put logic to him. I think it could go either way. But yeah. I've heard I've I've heard a couple of people argue that that it is yeah. that way. It kind of pushed out on that end. No, that <laughs> is that is something I love about this movie is the the unreliable narrator. Like the Joker is an unreliable narrator, which is what made mm-hmm. and so it leaves makes, so much ambiguity. Yeah, and to it everything. makes and it makes those are what the best Joker origin stories, which there aren't very many good ones. That's what the best ones have is. Like, uh, one of the best lines in The Killing Joke is, uh, if I have a past, I prefer it be multiple choice, which is just, it's, I like how this is. Still hate The Killing Joke. Uh, it makes some poor choices, I'll give you that. But I, I love, yeah, like John said, the ambiguity of all this. And I was reading all these different things about, like, what was real, what wasn't. My, my thought on it is anytime he's happy, it's not real. So the entire ending after he shoots Robert De Niro's character, <laughs> uh, after his date, when he was killing it at stand up, that the stand up, you know, when he's oh, yeah, when the laugh track smiling, came in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like anytime he he seems like, well, life might not be total shit. It's like, no, that's probably not real, and that just makes it that much worse. So what what scenes? So I think the I thought 
I, t- I texted Ben this. I think the movie could have ended like four times, and I think it settled on the worst of the four. Oh, agreed. I think you could have ended with him like screaming into the camera and then the hard cut to the like credits or something off well like off the air thing but then i did appreciate the pullback to the media just basically spreading his message everywhere and that kind of commentary yeah and then then i was kind of frustrated kept going there but then i thought him on top of the car was some pretty interesting you know we had to get the wayne murder in there yeah i was like oh good another batman (laughs) origin story Gotta get those pearls. They breeze through it. They breeze through it. That's because we know it so well. We don't need to see it again. Yeah, like, what I would have loved is if they had gone down the alley and you see and the guy it. turn. And that that would have been awesome. I would have been like, that's great. Fantastic. Well, I think they, they have to. I mean, they don't no, have they don't. to. Like we said. They no, really but, don't. But they do. Everybody <laughs> doesn't know that it's a Batman movie. Because I think the sequel to this movie is... If they do do one, which they probably will, because it made so much fucking money. If they do, I, can we not see it? Because I don't want it. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be they're going to bring Batman to the Joker movie. Instead, so like oh, they're going to we're going to get a Batman awful. movie. I very much veto that. Okay, because well, we'll it's see a completely different dynamic than what they like. But we also don't know what the new Pattinson Batman. Yeah, gonna be I'm just like. saying the Joker I love is the one who loves Batman and solely relies on him. It's like mm. so. It's like this one is very much a standalone to me, and I don't want the world to evolve past what it was. I think that's a valid opinion. We'll see what happens. Too much money on the table. About the ending, um, I think yes. they should have quit before they went to the psych ward, just because it threw me off so yes. much. Where I was like, "Is the whole movie a lie?" Did yes, I agree. Was... What, is, what does everybody think about that? So it could be hinting that. Well, first off, I don't think it's Arkham because it looks very clean, mm-hmm. very nice. So it might be a different place. I mean, it was it was like two decades before the Arkham we know for the most part. Though. Yeah, but even when he goes to Arkham for that little bit, like that place looked pretty grungy. Like mm-hmm. um, it is the same. Oh yeah, woman though, right? No, no, it's but, a different woman. No, different woman. <laughs> I just thought she had her hair up, and that was the only difference. <laughs> no, they were well, two so different women. The, those are so different people. So I wonder people. if that's because they mention at the beginning of the film that she, like, she mentions in their first meeting that, like, about the time he spent in Arkham prior, and it it does a quick flashback to him like banging his head on the door, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then that also didn't look like Arkham. That looked like the much cleaner place. Like that looked. Who knows where it was? So, like, but then, so, but then it also. So it was interesting to me that the social worker, whoever the psychiatrist or therapist, I saw the Arkham to, psychiatrist was April Grace. The social worker's name was I just lost it. Sharon Washington. Okay, so they were two different people. Yeah, two different people. Like, it was... Okay, gotcha. I was about to say, I wonder if it was, like, a flashback. Never mind, then. Yeah, I don't know. It's a... It's an interesting thought. And what what this could be, too, is that this... That Arthur Fleck isn't the Joker. It could be someone who inspires a Joker down the road. Because there's a definite age disparity between Bruce and Fleck. So, I mean... And again, like the Joker's real name is never known, so it could be just someone else. But, al- takes but up also, the Arthur, the Arthur's real name is not really known either because yes. he was adopted, and they don't, and he was just abandoned. So he's well, he he's also, also could be a love child that's left open. Kyle and I were talking about it. It's like we really wish that he had not had a name in this movie. That would have felt better to us. I was I was reading something that apparently the reason he, he chose the name. Some people were like a Fleck. 
Affleck, no. <laughs> the reason the reason was because Fleck is kind of like speck or flake, just like a meaningless chunk, like a tiny insignificant piece. Which is and like then Arthur we, is the greatest children's show of all time. <laughs> Does anyone did anyone pick up on the references or the homages or the influences to like a lot of these old movies that they were talking about, whether it was King of Comedy or Cacti Driver, or well, even I mean, that ending spiel at the end being like network. Well, I mean, Robert um, De Niro's in it. I mean, you're talking about all things I haven't seen, so. Okay, like that, because that's the same thing for me. Like, I know I need to see Taxi Driver. I hadn't heard of King of Comedy before this movie came out, but apparently, like, there was so much influenced by these, like, these character studies from, like, another era that were all about like mentally ill people and characters and sort of just like almost like these tragic stories about like this is what happens when we live in a society or create a society that is not compassionate and not empathetic towards these people who are really struggling i think this movie is more about that than either of those two to near yeah. ones are. Well, have mean, you and think... have you, you've seen both of them zach yes Okay. And I think this this movie, I think it, it has two messages, or two fingers, it, po- it points its finger at two different things, specifically. One is, you know, the rich and wealthy, you know, taking advantage of the common man, which I think that that was a little too on the nose. But the other one... And it's also, it's not really an ethic that we attribute to the Joker also. Yeah, but the other one was the just complete... It's not, utter, also not the Joker talking about it, though. But then it's all but then the other is the complete just lack of care we give to those with mental health issues which i mean it's sad but it's like i wouldn't be surprised if there are people like fleck who i mean they're not going to become you know criminal masterminds but there are probably people suffering like him because they can't afford the medication and the care they need and they don't have people in their corner helping them and that's just awful i agree and I think all the hubbub before the movie about watch after watching the movie, I was just like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel like he's, he's not doing any, like I was saying, he's doing what he does out of revenge and a desire for fame and attention. And it has all these people that wrote about, it's about white male insult repression. I'm like, I don't, I can see where you're like really twisting this to fit that, but it's like it, that. Yeah, but, it's, but that it's is not, not the choice of the movie at all. It was very, it was very weird to read stuff after the fact. There's also, I, I was just reading or skimming through an article that the New York Times put out a while ago, which is kind of talking about how if this character had been a black character, like all of these opportunities provided for him would not have existed. He would have been homeless on the street. Like within a week, yeah. And so, like, there's the the incel like white male privilege commentary is. I'm not saying he doesn't have white privilege, but he he's not doing the the incel thing was the most because that's where the people thought and think all the violence is going to come out of that culture. But he he's not doing it out of the spite of having not being able to have sex with somebody like. Did anybody take that away from the movie? Like, that was a driving point for... Like, he wants to have companionship, but that's not why he's causing this violence. I, I don't know. I just thought that was yeah, I, very misguided for people to put that Maybe that's why he kills as he beats. 
Wow. But I, but I also think like sort of the drive for like you were saying, Zach, for fame and for attention is one of the main driving components for when you talk about like incels or the alt right or any type of like internet trolls. Yeah, like, I guess I guess like, I see. Th- they think you have the- to have that to get that. I, I I guess there's a line there, but again, I don't think that was the line he was going. He wasn't trying to get famous and attention because he wanted to have more sex. He was doing it because he's been neglected and forgotten by everything around him except his mother. Which, speaking of his mother, that would be my one major complaint with the movie in that he turns on killing her really fast. Like, I felt like they needed another scene with him and Francis Conroy discussing what happened. Why? Did he just kill her because she lied? I guess. But then, like, the next scene, he's looking at that picture and maybe she wasn't lying. So it just is... It almost it almost needed to be like a Tyrion moment when he's when Tyrion kills um Tywin. Shay. Oh no, Shay. Shay. Like where it's just like so But him showing cares. the emotion, does that make it does that take away from its power if he is he's so unemotional about it, I guess you could argue it's the beginning it is the beginning of the Joker. Yeah, just his total detachment well, like, from he everyone. He has way more emotion killing the guy who gave him the gun in the beginning at work than he did killing his own mother. Yeah, but he's excited at that point, though. It's like turning, it's like getting him, he's he's realizing the power of it. And also yeah. letting... I don't know, I can buy that he's excited about that because he's made he the turn. He didn't term... seem excited to me so much, he just seemed angry there. Yeah. I, would also, yeah. I would also say letting the other guy go and then just mm-hmm. the door was locked and he couldn't reach it. That oh, is I definitely a, thought he was going to die. That is a joker move. Like, that is some bullshit that he would definitely pull. That was an unfortunate joke that the audience laughed at and made me feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> I, oh, I think everyone laughed. Like, yeah. But it's, it's, and it's, but what's interesting about it is like, I think part of it, I think it's kind of an homage to the Joker has had a lot of, you know, people of shorter stature in his employee. Thing. it's just kind of a little nod to that too uh one thing that i thought was really interesting and i did read the articles about it but aside from his mom every every female that he talks to or is talking to was black mm-hmm. and i thought that was an interesting comment that uh or observation yeah that i noticed made. that but i didn't mm. know what to make of it oh I'm, i am baffled like i can't extract anything from it either Anyone else got anything? Well, they're also they're they're both he he's like on their side. Well, he does murder the one at the end, I guess. So I mean, he didn't like the side. first his social worker because he said she never listened. Yeah, but they bonded when she said they're done because she's like yeah. they don't give a fuck about you, you know. Like that's true. And when he's the Joker, but he like kills they don't give the a, equivalent they don't her, care about him just like she doesn't care we don't about give him. So you think fuck. he would lump I them think together? I think she cared. I'm saying I think he believed she didn't care. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. What, the the music cues were a little weirder than the the actual like I I was very compelled by the score of the film, but like the dan the the stair the, the stair scene was incredible meme was stair a- sequence to that music um the the in, which I only know it's from Jock Jams like it's like it was such an interesting choice but it kind of worked but it felt so out of place are you talking it, about when he's when he's fully jumped up and he's dun, going dun, down dun, the stairs dun, 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 dun. Yeah, thanks the, to you i can only think of dark spider-man in that scene 
<laughs> what? Oh, Ben sent us an image of like emo Spider-Man oh, and, and oh, Anakin dancing. Is that who the other person? Just, you, okay. If only Deadpool oh. is in that picture as well. Oh, but man, he's not so someone good. a lot of people make fun of. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool does enough of that already. I just want to say something about the dancing. I really yeah. appreciate that was one of the things where it's like I wonder if that was all from Joaquin Phoenix or who all was had to say in it because in the beginning to me I wasn't quite sure what he was doing. I was like, maybe it's like a relaxation centering Tai Chi type <laughs> thing that he was doing to like center himself in moments of stress, mm-hmm. but then like it kind of evolved into a celebratory dance. Yeah. And it was just an interesting arc to watch for me. Mm-hmm. The one when he's dancing in the bathroom, I feel it's like he's like reinventing himself through that dance. Are you dance. talking about like, like after the first murders or yes. at the end? Like, because it's that that one was much slower and it just it felt like a different dance than all of the others. It, well, it that's why I was saying like I him. didn't know if it was actually dancing or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just it was a strange sequence for sure. God, was it just compelling regardless. <laughs> the guy from New Rockstars, Eric Voss, said that it, maybe it was him imagining, like, when Murray, when Robert De Niro's character would always start the show, he'd always come on with, like, a little kind of dance thing. And so oh. he was making the comparison as if it's almost as if the murders, like, are another enabling of Joaquin Phoenix to imagine himself, like, as he wants to be, as, like, an entertainer in front of a big audience and that kind of thing, which was which was also a another comparison I drew to Fight Club, where there's a great line where Brad Pitt's character says, "Like everyone does it, everyone sees themselves how they want to, like as as they think they are, how they look, how they talk, how they fuck." You're the first person to actually go and just run with it, and so it's almost as if the part that he can only envision and imagine of himself, he finds something almost empowering about like standing up for himself and killing these people that he, he that wall of that wall of sanity gets broken down between like the vision of himself that he wants to see and like him actually manifesting it now the ending of the movie which would be where i was going earlier which is basically from that the steps well maybe from that's pretty much right after he kills the dude right so maybe that scene the uh the one in he, his apartment yeah, the scissors yeah. kill, which which was really interesting cinematically. Like they changed the, it felt like you're in a completely different place during that scene. Like the orange tones kind of took over from like the darkness that place had felt. Like it had, it was light. It was more. There was more light and brightness in that room than well, I mean, it had it, felt had, like. A, is it like the first time he kind of considers himself free? Yeah, I mean, no, it makes sense, and I it's it's really great visual storytelling but i would say basically from where the shot where he's got the the white face with the blood splattered on it till the end of the movie was where the movie really jumped up for me like i was enjoying it quote unquote enjoying it i was compelled the whole time but i think the ending really just was phenomenal and what phoenix on the couch and the tension around when and what was going to happen because he kind of changed his plan a little i i I just ate up the end of the movie and i think phoenix as the joker in that moment the only moment we see him as the joker really was as good as any joker bit i've seen in anything but i know ben wasn't quite as high on the ending according to the letterbox but anybody else can chime in too. So for the like the reason the reason the ending and again I 
I shouldn't be holding it against the movie, but I kind of do because it, it clearly is inspired by uh, the Dark Knight Returns, which in that film, like Joker goes on this, it goes to this press conference to, or not press conference, like a talk show to explain like how he's reformed and he's going to change after being in a, like a hot, like comatose, basically brain dead for like 10 years. Uh, and then he kills everybody in the auditorium. Like he, he just unleashes like uh, the Joker venom and it, you know, everyone dies laughing kind of thing. But so I was expecting something of that magnitude. I wasn't expecting him to like pull out, you know, a flower with acid or like use the actual Joker toxin, but maybe like set fire, blow shit up, but he just kills one dude. I feel like that's a really like kind of weak Joker right there. It's just like, you know, he, I mean, but this is the Joker. He's not the mastermind. Joker. Yeah. And he's that's just some and that's, dude. And he's, yeah. And he's slowly becoming, I don't think he yeah. becomes, a, if they make more of these movies, he's never becomes a mastermind criminal. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, he's just a figurehead. Okay. But he's, like, he kills people out of rage on a one-on-one basis. Like, I don't see him do it being, like, a legit joker. But I just want to say earlier, when you were talking about the stuff, like the toxins and whatnot, one of my favorite details about this movie was when he first gets beat up in the beginning and his flower leaks water. It just yeah. made me think about the joke. Like, it was just a great detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if the sequel is the Joker becomes a public official. Is there like even a, a legit sequel no, already planned? No, no, but I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying this is, they, they've been very much saying this isn't going to tie into anything. And they don't have plans for a sequel, but when you make $250 million in a weekend off the R-rated movie, it's probably going to happen. But I think that would, that's what I'm saying. I think that would be an interesting route to go, though, is he sometime becomes an elected official in this Gotham, this depraved Gotham, pre-Batman Gotham. And I don't think there's like any way watching, you could do that at I this think, point. I think he sh- should have died in the end of the movie. That's my vote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the people would vote. The, the people of this Gotham would vote for Arthur Fleck to become their mayor of Gotham City. Ben, if yeah, and I think the and, the I mean, movie he leaves a really on that cool note. ice rink, and then he never <laughs> delivered after that. <laughs> He'd never built the ice rink. Oh, I guess what was that's the headline? <laughs> Shoot, someone someone read the headline. But that would be an interesting evolution of that this guy, this regular guy. And then if you just his insane rambling on like, I mean, I don't know the scene where they lifted him up and all these people on the cop car and all these fucking crazy people. I was just like, oh, you're Trump. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy's spotting nonsense. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I totally got a Trump vibe at that moment. But that's just me. Ben, I, I also want to say I want to go back to his killing of Murray at the end. I was I was very impacted by that still because it was. And this is another thing I stole from New Rockstars, but it was the killing of a father figure. So a lot of this movie is also like propped up by the fact that there's an obvious lack of like male influence in Arthur's life. And the people who kind of act as that, like surrogate dads, first Murray because he admires him for the comedy and that kind of thing. And then Thomas Wayne because, oh, he's got some power. He's got some agency. Maybe he can actually like fix their status and their uh, their state but he's rejected by both of them first by thomas wayne who denies that 
he's his father and says calls his mom a crazy person and then by murray first when he plays that clip and makes fun of him on his show and then second when he kind of like brings him on to kind of like with the plan of making fun fun of of him him again again. de niro was great in that last scene too i i love how they also like de niro is legitimately bad intentionally yeah like when the host yeah he has that guy on that guy's like you know telling him to cut it and he just like it's like no so they just keep going Mm -hmm. and that guy is mark maron okay mark mark maron who mark maron who listen to podcasts no but i think the scene i was i love the scene where de niro and mark maron were talking to joaquin ferentz behind how do you uh, spell it his last name m-a-r-o-n what the are you what is this joke you're doing no i'm not like i couldn't hear both of you at the same time okay, you just said what like 10 times in the last minute it was like what is happening well that was just like i don't know who it was you should listen to his podcast it's good i just i appreciated de niro's like oh he 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 had another side to him and he was clearly like had the stage persona and then but then the persona kind of fades away during the conversation where he's going back and forth and antagonizing him. I just thought that was really well done. And I thought the moment, even though the moment where he shot him was genuinely shocking, I think it could have gone each way. It could have ended with him killing himself on screen or not. Do you think that was the intention, like, to actually kill himself on screen? I mean, that was, he He was implying, they showed it more than a few times yeah, where he acted he was, like he was going to well, I know, but I thought, like, originally the joke was, I assumed the gun wasn't going to be loaded. Like, I didn't, just mm. watching the movie, I never assumed he was actually going to kill himself. Interesting. I've, I assumed he was, like, he was thinking that, but then he would change it to kill somebody else, which he did. Like, that was the, I, I don't know when he changed his mind, but he did. Well, I mean, a lot, he wasn't quite the Joker yet when he first got the gig so maybe he gained the confidence and attention that i don't know yeah his spree through the city really built up his mojo on the way to the show so uh seeing the power that he has gained through his actions did we how do we feel about the batman integration pretty well done like just the the Wayne stuff. I thought it was pretty well done. It made it an interesting. Platform. Yeah, and it and also an interesting I mean, take and, I, and an inter- like portraying Thomas Wayne as as opposed to this um this like golden figure act like yeah philanthropist who actually cares about the city to being like no just another like one percenter who's just like what's the what's the word he calls them clowns right like and there's mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of capitalist notions that are a lot more obvious in this depiction of thomas wayne than in previous like public yeah even though there's some well to be fair most most thomas waynes we've seen have a lifespan of like six seconds this is fair but it's interesting i was reading on wikipedia there's a there's actually a lot of theory that like aligns the waynes with capitalism which makes sense actually which and then as a philosophical but it's supposed to be like the the philosophical good of capitalism. Like they they make all this money and they put it back in the city yeah. and rebuild. You know, like most most yeah. of the time, that's what the Wayans are portrayed as. But there are times where they're portrayed as less than stellar as well. Well, what's the actual philosophical like adversary to capitalism? It's actually Marxism. So whereas a lot of people have talked about him being like the Joker being an anarchist figure and like in line with Nietzsche's philosophies, 
there was something I was reading about how it's like, no, he's actually very much a Marxist. I was like, that's an interesting take. And this Joker actually kind of fills that void because he's all about like the common person. He's not about anything but himself, though. He's not. He's not about like, anything at all. And yeah, I think it was that's... not until he got the camera on him that he started spouting these things about like ideals yeah. that he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, he oh, explicitly says he's not political either, which some people thought was a cop out. But I think it really was just Arthur in the moment being like, "I've never thought about fucking politics. I've just tried to take care of myself." And yeah, being, he's just pissed. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that's. And I was talking to my brother about about this Joker, about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker versus Heath Ledger's Joker. And it's like, they're both pretty nihilistic, but Heath Ledger's Joker was like, just, you know what, you know, do what's fun for you or whatever. And then this Joker is much more like, nothing matters, who fucking cares? He doesn't seem to be enjoying it as much as anybody else is. Like, I mean, he's... He makes some very poor jokes, but he's never having an absolute ball. I think he's pretty right and high in that interview, <laughs> which I think is the only time we see the actual personification of the Joker in the movie. Everything else is built up, I think. Again, it could all be in his head, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think that makes the movie bad. If it's all in a said, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I wish they hadn't had that final scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I thought my, I mean, I think just anytime he's happy doesn't count. So, like, it doesn't make sense. To, like, isn't real. So, it's like stuff with uh, Zazie Beats, uh, some of the stuff with his mom, and everything after he killed de niro before i don't know if there was anything with his mom that i would say wasn't real yeah i, th- I bought the relationship <laughs> well i think there are some times where he's like you know where he's bathing her that seemed kind of calm and relaxing so that might not be real yeah i don't know if i buy into that okay that's that's what the inter- that's what's interesting about the movie i think is because i i felt bad for arthur until i didn't because he started murdering people yeah, I was just curious. At what point do you guys turn on him in this movie? I think the banker's not quite yet. Like, um, I'm not rooting for him. The third banker him. is for yes. me when I The third banker that. is the. Yeah. It's like you yeah. very much get to defend yourself when you're being kicked to death, possibly, but mm-hmm. you don't chase someone down. <laughs> It's like, yeah. it's one of those, like, dude, not cool. Like, this is this is definitely the line he shouldn't be crossing. But it's also like, I can understand, you know. I mean, this guy was kicking the shit out of him for no reason. He wanted vengeance, but you don't do it. Although I will say that banker line hit me real hard where he was just like, don't ignore him. He's being nice to you. It's like, oh, you better shut your face. But that the, the <laughs> everything he did after that was just like, no, no, no. But I did love the 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 sequence on the train was fantastic with the cops and they just get swore by the clowns that was great yeah yeah that was one of those moments it's like don't go in there what are you doing no <laughs> <laughs> like these guys think they are i don't even know but it's like oh as soon as they went in there it's like oh they're gonna die yeah this will not they made it out they them. lived i was very shocked when they lived <laughs> yeah like did they just beat the shit out to a point? It's like okay, they've had enough. Yeah, they've had they've had enough. I feel like that Bob wasn't wasn't having it at that point. <laughs> that was Shea Wiggum and Bill Camp, two great actors. Yeah, who, yep. who who they were great in their little beats that they got. The best laugh of the movie. There was a couple of moments of levity. Was 
uh, Joaquin Phoenix running into the door. I don't know. That, that was a very yeah. <laughs> interesting. It's like this very dark, depressing moment. The thunk. <laughs> yeah. No, unfortunately, the biggest laugh for my group was the locked door. Oh. Yeah. Why would you? But were, were people laughing because they're nervous? Laughing. They're laughing they because he was jumping to try to get to the lock. Is when the laughter happened. So I'm assuming they were laughing at. No, it, it for me That's... it was this uh, the, like the complex or the combination of like his his terror at being in this situation with a good friend of his and coworker that's gone off the rails and then what must be a common happenstance with him where it's just like someone locks the door and he goes to leave and he's just like motherfucker so it's like the frustration of like this is probably something that happens to him all the time to the holy fuck i'm scared out of my mind and like just what do you do in that situation where you're both annoyed but then also like terrified like it like he seemed so out, completely out of place and that i hope you're correct <laughs> i will say that moment I was so happy that Joker let him go, though, because I assumed it's like he knew he was locked. So when he let it, he was like, you can go. And then the door was locked. It's like, oh, is he going to kill him too now? But he did actually let him leave. That was such a great moment. Yeah. yeah. I will say my favorite my favorite beat in the movie might have been, I feel like I said a different one earlier and I can't remember what it was. But I like the part when he's listening to other stand-ups, like he's at a club taking notes and like yeah. everyone would laugh his at the quote-unquote correct no but not even his fake mm-hmm. laugh like he would laugh at the wrong part of the joke like he never aligned with uh-huh. what was actually the <laughs> punchline or anything <laughs> yeah just, i took it as him like he was just like a beat behind everybody else laughing he's like oh laugh now i see <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No. it was just like incongruous <laughs> i think his best the best part of his performance was the laugh and then like the out of breath like like the pain it caused to, uh, I guess. Yeah. oh my god after the first part like the first minute of the movie i thought the rest was going to be torture just because of that laugh but <laughs> but it i eventually came to accept it and appreciate what it was <laughs> it's just so sad that there are people who actually have like that that condition that must be awful. is that a real condition yeah it's a real apparently thing. he um, studied about people who have actually have yeah, it it's not yeah that's where you got the the pointers from but it's it's i don't think it's it's not like you don't always laugh at moments of high stress Mm -hmm. it's just completely random his seemed to be more like when is the worst time to laugh and cue laughing and i think that was great for the what the movie was trying to do though i I agree Yeah. yeah anybody else got anything on joker i don't think so okay no animals were harmed in the making of this movie so that was that would have been the breaking point for lauren Oh, I got really concerned for what if he had just killed Bruce Wayne in that moment? It's like, don't put your hands on kids, guys. <laughs> Especially in their mouths. That's just creepy. Yeah. I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. Rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. And you can follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. Oh.